Hi, welcome to The Pipeline, all things CD and DevOps podcast by the CD Foundation. I am your host, Jacqueline Salinas, Director of Ecosystem and Community Development. Thank you so much for joining us. It's episode 22 of season two. And today I am joined by Adam Kaplan and Sasha Swartz. They are joining me to talk about the CDF's newest incubating project, Shipwright, a framework for building container images on Kubernetes. First, I want to introduce Sasha Swartz. He is a senior software engineer at IBM. He's been with IBM since he graduated school and he started his professional career in business process management and introducing UI test automation, evolving into a full stack developer, architect, blogger, and squad lead. I'm also joined by Adam Kaplan. He is principal software engineer at Red Hat. Before working with Kubernetes and containers, he helped companies ship freight containers at a technology consulting firm that focused on transformation and logistics. He learned Kubernetes as an end user, re-architecting the back end for a mobile data collection startup. He joined Red Hat three years ago and leads the team that maintains OpenShift's container image builds extension to Kubernetes and Jenkins integration. But before we dive into Shipwright, we are going to kick off the episode with my DevOps journey. So Adam, will you kick us off and tell us about what your DevOps journey has been like? Sure, Jacqueline, and uh, thank you for having me on. My DevOps journey probably started in earnest maybe five or six years ago when I was working at a startup in New York City. We had a remote data collection platform that had a backend in Python, and we had a mobile applications that we would be having, you could run a survey on the mobile phone and then it would then send the results to our backend platform. And during that time, we started with just having some servers running on Amazon, nothing really tying it together. And when I was there, we re-architected our platform to Kubernetes, which at that time it was version 1.4, I want to say. So we're still fairly early in the days of Kubernetes. And we ended up uh, syncing everything through Circle CI, um, so we got to the point where we were doing what's now called GitOps, but we didn't have that terminology yet. But we were, uh, whenever we were making changes to our backend, that would open a pull request. It would uh, update our state, have like a staging environment every time our pull request would merge. So we would always have an up-to-date uh, version of our software that we were testing against. And that was a very cool thing. And then when we were ready to promote that to production, it was just a matter of opening a pull request and getting it, in, it into a production. So that introduced me to the world of Kubernetes. And after that job, uh, I found a position at Red Hat that looked really interesting. I joined that and I have been with Red Hat ever since doing development uh, on OpenShift mainly focused around our developer experience tool sets, uh, in particular, uh, the build uh, subsystem that lets you build applications on Kubernetes. Very cool. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. And what about yourself, Sasha? What was your DevOps journey like? Hey, Jacqueline. Thanks also that I can join here. Yeah, so I think the first time I was getting in touch kind of with, with bringing development and operations nearer together, which is kind of what I call DevOps, is when I joined the marketing software team at IBM. Uh, we at that time developed and also operated uh, a microservice architecture-based cloud service. Adam just mentioned a very early Kubernetes version, and that reminded me that this was even based, not even yet on, on Kubernetes. Uh, we used a, a different container orchestration platform back at that time. 
uh, it was Apache Mesos and, and Marathon based. So um, really a couple of years ago, uh, don't remind me, it was 2016, 17, maybe. Um, uh, we, we at that time, we still had a dedicated team who was doing pure, who had a pure focus on operations. Uh, but we as developers were fairly engaged uh, with them and were working more closer together than I had previously done in my uh, other projects where I had more on-prem on software. Uh, now these days in IBM Cloud, uh, I mean, we develop and operate a cloud service. Uh, we do everything from project management, code development, pipelines, documentation, uh, and we operate all the systems, including productions, uh, and we define the processes on how we define that. So that's a very interesting journey. Automation is always uh, important there. Many tools helped, help in that order. Uh, SecOps is a term that is, I mean, near to DevOps, which is also uh, another angle as all this stuff obviously needs to be operated securely. Uh, so a fairly interesting space. Thank Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. So today's episode is going to be dedicated to the open source project Shipwright just joined the CDF's community. As we are diving into it, can you explain to me what is Shipwright and how can I use it? I'll be happy to answer that question. So Shipwright is a framework for building container images on Kubernetes. You, as a developer, tell Shipwright where your source code is and where you want to push your container image to, and then Shipwright takes care of the rest. One of the ways that Shipwright accomplishes this is through what we call build strategies. So today, there's more than one way to build a container image. Many folks who start using containers are used to building with Docker, and so on Kubernetes, the sort of native Docker build is not available to you, but there are tools like BuildKit, Conoco, Builda that provide the same experience. There are also tools like cloud native build packs, which don't even require what is known as the Docker file uh, to build your application. It will, most build packs will inspect your source code, figure out what is the best tool to build your application, and then we'll go ahead and create a container image out of it. Um, so that's uh, what Shipwright effectively lets you do. It lets you build that container image uh, with whatever uh, tool that you want to use. Right. And the easiest way that you can use it, Jacqueline, is by having a Kubernetes cluster. And then you're just a few kubectl applies away uh, that we have documented in the try it section uh, in our project. Uh, which will install a couple of uh, Kubernetes custom resources and a couple of controllers. Uh, and then the entities that Adam had just mentioned, I mean, namely build strategies that define the steps uh, to transform source into image, uh, the build to define what to build using what strategy to what image, and then the run to actually trigger it. I mean, it will then all be be available. So how does Shipwright work? Yeah, let, let's go into more details a little bit more. So, I mean, Adam had mentioned the build strategies, uh, which are defining the steps to transform uh, source code into an image. Uh, and you may now wonder where's actually source code coming from. And that's some of the sugar that Shipwright is giving you out of the box. So, I mean, within your build, you're defining uh, where your source is. As of today, we are supporting uh, Git container images, and there are some uh, some nice other ways on where the source can come from uh, currently being implemented. 
uh, and Shipwright will take care that this code is being uh, downloaded and made available at a well-known location so that the build strategy author um, can pick it up and can directly focus on 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 its on the main tasks, meaning I mean doing everything that's needed to to get a container image out of it. Um, what happens under the cover when you eventually trigger then a build run is that we use Tecton. Um, so Tecton, probably well known, also part of the CDF. Um, what we use from Tecton is its um, task capabilities. So we are translating the information, so basically the steps from the build strategy together with the information you gave us in the build, namely which sources you had, uh, into a Tecton task run um, and create this. And from there, Tecton is taking care in creating the pot, uh, which will then run all the steps. So Shipwright is built on top of Tecton. Should I use Shipwright if I'm already using Tecton? That's a great question, Jacqueline. And it's something that a lot of folks who are been coming to me about Shipwright uh, have, ha have asked. So uh, I would say that Shipwright is uh, a great tool to add to uh, Tecton. I wouldn't say it replaces Tecton, but it's something that can help you get started with your application development pipeline and get you to that first step of getting your container image. One of the things that we are looking to do in the future with Shipwright is uh, build better integrations between Shipwright and Tecton so that you could use a Shipwright build as one of the tasks in your uh, application pipeline. We're also looking to incorporate things like Tecton triggers so that you can, if you set up a trigger source uh, in uh, Tecton, that can then trigger a Shipwright build and so forth. Uh, there's a lot of things that we can explore in that space. I will say that also as like a sort of build strategy author, um, one of the nice things about Shipwright is that it constrains like what you need to do, uh, whereas with like a Tecton Tecton tasks, Tecton tasks can almost do anything because they're almost turned into a Kubernetes pod. Uh, with build strategies, the build strategy is ultimately just like focused on creating the container image. It's a much narrower scope of things that you need to worry about. So when you are writing a build strategy, it makes it easier for you to share those things with your team because there's only a certain number of things that you have to do. Right. I'd, I'd like to add a few things on, um, I mean, on it. So, I mean, Tecton is kind of the generic way of building pipelines that can do everything, as you just mentioned it. So, I mean, you can use it to build container image and do exactly what Shipwright does, uh, but you can also use it for anything else. And Shipwright specializes on the very aspect of building container images. And that specialization uh, allows us, and I mean, we are not so strong in that area already, but we we have some some nice things in the plan. So this specialization allows us to uh, also provide many things out of the box. Um, I had mentioned already that we take care of uh, retrieving the sources, so you don't need to specify that in the build strategy or, or somewhere else, like like you would have to do in your uh, in your Tecton pipeline somewhere. So so we do that for you. Um, and eventually, there are more things we will do out of the box, uh, like I mean, in the in, in the status of the build run, specifically present what image was built, what's its digest, uh, and thinking even further into the area of sending events 
uh, to to other systems like cloud events, uh, where we say, hey, we just build an image of that repository and that's the digest and then others can respond. So basically that specialization allows us to, uh, I mean, abstract away common things that are kind of always part of a container image build uh, and and focus on the on the container aspect uh, for for those users who work with us whereas in tecton it, it's all more generic understood thanks so much for for explaining that um so what is next for shipwright what are some features that are on your roadmap um yeah so i mean Nice features. So I had mentioned one thing already that is we today more or less only support uh, building container images out of sources that you put in your Git repository. Um, and that's a very valuable use case. On the other hand, um, there are also use cases where that's not the case. And one particular use case that we are tackling at the moment is to support um, building from your local sources that you have on your disk. So beside everything that runs in, in Kubernetes, uh, we in Shipwright also have a command line interface. Uh, and in that command line interface, we are building some logic where we are bundling uh, the local source code, which is uh, locally available, um, make that available to the, to the server side. There are different uh, mechanisms being evaluated at the moment on how to do that. And then it's just, uh, running from there as normal as if the source code would be would be elsewhere, like in Git, what we support today. Uh, so that's a very nice feature. So you basically at the end uh, do something similar to your calling Docker build locally, just that you don't need Docker locally installed, uh, and in instead it will run. Uh, in your Kubernetes cluster. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'd like to add to another thing that uh, is on our roadmap, uh, which I actually don't think I've submitted the formal uh, proposal yet, but it, it's something that we've certainly discussed is the ability to support volumes uh, with uh, Shipwright builds. And these could be used in many uh, different contexts. One of the more important ones is for caching of artifacts. Um, so whether it be caching container image layers, or if you are familiar with Java, having the sort of local Maven cache, if you're Node.js developer, your JavaScript uh, caches, those are things that uh, many developers are aware of that help speed up builds dramatically. And right now we don't have that capability with Shipwright builds and getting that capability on Kubernetes is difficult. So uh, we like to be able to build the basic building blocks so that you could have effective caches for your builds on your clusters. That would be cool, Adam. Looking forward to it. Um, another topic I'd like to mention, and I call it generically integration. So uh, from both sides. So, I mean, I had mentioned already that, I mean, sorry, Adam had mentioned already uh, that we are looking into a tighter uh, Tecton integration. Uh, meaning that eventually a task within the Tecton pipeline would be uh, implemented by uh, by running uh, a build run in, in Shipwright. Uh, other integration aspects that are worth mentioning are, for example, uh, a way to automatically trigger uh, a build run when you push a commit to your Git repository. That would be really cool, and that's an interesting scenario. Uh, and the other thing I already had had mentioned is that when a build run finishes, that we on our side send an event uh, that can be consumed 
uh, and trigger further things like, for example, uh, a deployment or an update of a deployment uh, in, in the same or another Kubernetes cluster so that the image that we just built uh, gets used there. So there's a lot on the roadmap. Yeah, lots of good things coming down the pipeline. Yeah, and I just want to add further uh, with Tekton, uh, there's a lot of exciting stuff coming out of the Tekton project lately that has been of interest to us. Um, there's kind of two that I want to highlight. One is the results sub project, um, which lets you see the results of Tekton tasks and outside of the cluster. Uh, that's something that if you are running Tekton on your cluster, you notice that if you're using it a lot, it starts taking up a lot of space in that CD and that can ultimately lead to a very unhealthy cluster. So that's something that we're thinking about incorporating Shipwright into so that when your build is finished, the results of that build are stored somewhere that isn't on the cluster itself. And the other item that we're looking at is uh, the Tekton Chains project, which uh, lets you automatically sign uh, your artifacts out of uh, your Tekton tasks. Um, one of our contributors has also been involved with Tekton for a long time, Jason Hall, and he we've we've done some exploration integrating uh, Shipwright with Cosine, and which is one of the things that's underlying. Uh, the technology with Tekton Chains. Uh, that's something that ultimately we'll want to explore further um, because container signing has been a longstanding challenge. And this is probably one of the more promising things that we've seen lately that can help developers sign and trust the images that get built. That's awesome. I hope we can have you back once that is completed to talk more about it. So how do I get involved in the community? How do I contribute? Um, how do I find out about news or what's going on in Shipwright? Can you tell me a little bit more? Sure. Um, I mean, new contributors are always welcome. Um, so as community, we have a Slack channel. Uh, it's actually in the, the Kubernetes Slack. Uh, and the channel is simply called Shipwright. And that's where discussions are happening. That's where questions can be asked. And that's where ideas can be brought up. Beside that, I mean, we obviously have Git, uh, GitHub repositories. Uh, issues are always welcome. And we have a biweekly grooming session where we look at new issues and assess them and, and give feedback. Uh, we also have weekly community meetings where we talk about all kinds of things in general that everybody can put on the agenda. And I mean, Adam, you may want to say more on yeah on how to get a contributor then yep. we uh, also have a mailing list for users and uh, con contributors or potential contributors uh, those links are all available on github.com slash shipwright io slash community it's right there up there on the readme uh, we would love to have you uh, join us very cool welcome to the community shipwright i'm so excited to see what else uh, comes out of this community and uh, yeah, welcome to the CDF. Thank Let you. Me. Thank you.